Here's a sobering fact. For the first time in the history of the United States, there are more people identifying as having none, none religion, than there are practicing Roman Catholics in the United States. It always used to be for the longest time that the largest denomination of Christians, of, of religion in general, in the United States was Roman Catholics. That has now been surpassed by mostly young people, uh, but also other people who are saying when it comes to religion, I have no practice, none. Many of these individuals are fallen away, fallen away Catholics or fallen away from the practice of uh, religion from other Christian denominations. Many of these individuals are some of your family and friends. Many are former Christians. What to do about this? Is there anything that we can do about this? Is there anything that we should be, that you should be doing about this? Well, listen to what Jesus does in today's gospel from John 20, when on the very first day of the resurrection from the dead, he appears to his disciples. So John records this. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. And when he had said this, he breathed upon them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. What did the Father send Jesus to do? He sent Jesus to restore the fallen away. The fallen away from the covenant relationship with the Father. The fallen away from the religious community of the Jews. The fallen away from the ways of God. To bring us back to God to save us. So, Jesus breathes upon his apostles, the founders of his church, the Roman Catholic Church, to give them the power to bring back souls to him, lives to him. Well, guess what, my friends? We are his apostles today. We are his Catholic Church today. We are his Christians today that he is sending out into the world to bring souls back to him, to bring those who have fallen away from him. On this day, as I mentioned at the beginning of the Mass, is Divine Mercy Sunday. So then let me remind you your own calling to participate in God's mercy. Remind you that the Son of God is calling upon you to bring his people back to him. Former prisoners, family and friends who have fallen away from the Catholic Church that he founded. Just like he founded an Old Testament people, an Old Covenant people, and he formed them as a religious community. He's done that with the Catholic Church in the New Covenant, in the New Testament. Founded to save us all. So up and down the centuries, there will always be a people to call back those who have fallen away. Along these lines, then, I think it's appropriate to offer some do's and don'ts and how to evangelize them. 
because that's precisely what we need to do, is that we need to re-evangelize them, at least according to the last popes that we've had, all the way back to the Second Vatican Council, John the Twenty-Third, to Pope Francis, and every pope in between has been calling us to re-evangelize our brothers and sisters. And here's the thing, little teaser, evangelization is not just inviting them back to Mass. So here's some of what evangelization needs to look like. First, don't answer questions that they don't have. Because if you do, you're not being relevant. It was once asked of an evangelist what he would do if he had one hour to re-evangelize a fallen away person. Here's his answer. Listen for 50 minutes and respond appropriately for 10 minutes and then ask for another meeting. I agree. We need to know what others need in order to really help someone. Nobody likes to hear someone just simply preaching at them when they don't first feel cared for by them. Most modern folks aren't asking questions about Mary and purgatory. They do later on when they become more interested or re-interested in the faith. No, what they're asking questions about are, are questions about identity, about meaning, about God's existence, about their own existence. They are asking large existential questions. Number two, be respect, respectful enough to listen to the real reasons they left, not the reasons that you think they left. Ask questions to get to the heart of the matter. What made you leave? What gives your life meaning now? What makes you happy? What do you miss about the church? And so on. Once you listen enough to understand, then you might have a better understanding of what you can do to help them. Furthermore, who doesn't like to be listened to and really truly valued, rather than turned into a project? We're talking about people here, not a project. Here's a good maxim to follow. You can understand without agreeing. This ought to be practiced with our fallen away family and friends. You can understand even if you don't agree. Like, even if you don't agree with a social position that they've taken or a lifestyle they've taken or an opinion that they have, you don't have to agree to that. But you can at least listen to them and try to understand where they're at. Number three, aim to cure the sickness, not treat the symptoms. God is the divine physician who wants to heal what ails us, sin and death. He does this by grace that we receive and choose to cooperate with or not. This grace is readily available to all of us, especially through the sacraments. So the thing we want to do is to try to help get someone into a right relationship with God. Not worry about treating the symptoms first, the sin, before we consider ever engaging them. 
Because that's how God deals with us. St. Paul tells us that. He says, while we were yet sinners, God sent us Jesus Christ as a Savior. So Jesus didn't wait for us to change our behavior before he came to us as a Savior. We ought to give to our brothers and sisters the same courtesy and mercy that God gives us every day. I'm not going to engage, I'm not going to invest in this relationship with you until you show me you're worth investing, until you give me a little good faith and you jump through these hoops, you change these behaviors. No, just engage the person as God does us. Let me say it another way. Christian relationships normally perceive behavioral change. And then through the Christian relationship, behavioral change follows. Conversion precedes repentance. Responding to the gospel precedes transformation of habits. You only need to see like somebody like St. Paul to see that. It's not like he chose Christ. He was literally knocked off his horse. He was converted, and then his behaviors begin to change in those three years that he spent up in Antioch. Responding to the gospel, Christ is the physician who heals us, not us. We can't cure sin and death. He can, if only we let him. Perhaps the first step of a person entering into an intimate relationship with God is for us to enter into a caring relationship with them. Love them right where they are, but don't leave them there for the rest of their lives. That also is not merciful. Let God guide you and work through you to reach them. Number four, if they are hurt, then give them room to express their wounds. As they enter into a relationship with you, let them articulate what has hurt them over the years of their life. You may hear that you're one of them that hurt them. As family members, as friends, as fellow parishioners, you may hear that the example of your life, living your life as a Christian, has not been an expiring example for them. Okay, receive that. Don't try to defend that. And the same goes with you may hear that somebody in the church, even like a church leader, is the one who has hurt them, disappointed them. Don't try to defend that. Apologize for the weakness of that person and express concern for them as a person. Let them know that they are missed. To let someone know that they are missed may just be the thing that gives them room to return. People want to be cared for. Once they know that you care for them, then you can earn the right to be heard by them. Number five, invest in relationships before you invite them back to the sacraments. Now, this may for us as Catholics, seem counterintuitive, but it works. How many of us have talked to, like, family and invited them back to Mass, only to hear them say no? 
and then invite him back to Mass again, to hear him say no, and invite him back to Mass again, and to say no. It's not that you can't invite him back to Mass or that you should stop doing that, but hit your head against the wall once, twice, how many times are you going to hit your head against the wall? What's the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over and getting the same results. Nothing. So we need to aim. Most fallen away Catholics left the after reception of the sacraments because something non-sacramental was missing. In the years that I've dealt with fallen away Catholics, very, very, very infrequently have I heard them say they left because of the Eucharist. So we need to aim to replace that missing item. In most cases, it is a relationship. The phrase to meet them where they are at is a good one, as long as we don't intend to leave them where they're at for the rest of their lives. And we do this, don't we? We have family and friends and fellow prisoners who, when we engage them just a little bit about the, the faith, they, we hear them say, oh, I'm happy. F life is fine for me right now. And then we're like, okay, my son and daughter is happy. That's all I really want is for them to be happy. Oh, really? You don't want the fullness of the faith and a deep, abiding, intimate, transforming relationship with Jesus Christ for them? And so you leave them alone because they're happy according to the world's standards? Come on. Pray. I don't think I need to go into depth with this one, but suffice it to say that if you don't pray, then you don't have access to the spiritual power of Jesus Christ, which is the one power that actually is going to bring them back through you. Not only do you need to take care of yourself, but you can't take care of others' spiritual needs without allowing God to take care of you. Number seven, when the time is right, and this will be different for each situation, each person, give your testimony to the power of God in your life. You know, when we engage people in these ways that I'm talking about, Eventually, it's going to come up. And sometimes, you, right in the first conversation, they want to have it come up. Their issues with the church, or their issues with the world, or their issues with God, or their issues with suffering, or their issues with, you know, uh, famine and wars in this world and all that kind of stuff. Or they might have issues with doctrine and dogma. You don't have to answer those questions. Don't get pulled into that trap. It's a trap because they're using it as an excuse to dismiss you. You don't have to be a theologian to respond to them. Here's three easy steps. First, give your testimony. Your testimony. And the first step of that is speak your life to them before an encounter with Christ. The second is speak about a specific encounter with Christ. And the third is speak about your life after that encounter. That's it. That's it. Your testimony doesn't have to be your whole life story either. 
maybe just a before and an after witness. Now, you might be sitting there thinking to yourself, I've always been close to Christ. Great! Hallelujah! Then speak about what being in a relationship with Christ has offered you up and down the years of your life. And here's the thing. Practice this before you have that conversation with the persons that the Lord is leading you to have that conversation with. The person you're thinking about right now. Practice it before. They're worth you practicing before you have that conversation. Don't practice them on, don't practice on them. So get with other people that you know and trust and tell your story and practice your story with others so they can critique it. And then go to that person and tell your story. Number eight, never underestimate the power of proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ to them. At some point, the person is going to be ready for you to proclaim the good news of the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ to them. You don't need a theology degree. Stop hiding behind that. Stop using that as an excuse. I don't know the faith well enough. Do you have a relationship with Jesus Christ? Then share him. Again, just let them know who Jesus is for you. You don't have to have all of their all the answers to their questions, which may take a long time for them to realize. In fact, how many people here today, you don't have to show hands, but how many people here are still asking questions and trying to seek answers to your own faith? I am. And I've been a Catholic priest for 25 years. And one of the things I've been learning is that Jesus Christ is the answer even when I don't have the answer. He's the answer. At this point, then, when they are ready for the good news, start inviting them to some of the many, many, many opportunities, praise be to God, that we, hear, we have here at St. Francis de Sales to experience Jesus in faith and to experience Jesus in faith in the context of a community, the way Christ ordained it to be. Let them then dip their toe a little bit in the waters of faith, in the waters of community again. Then, when they are ready to start experiencing Mass again, go with them. Accompany them. Don't just say, oh, go to Mass, here's the Mass times. They may have been away from the church for a long time, and they need a friend to sit by them who's not judging them and who's introducing them to others slowly over time. Accompany them, and then afterwards, take them out to lunch. They're worth it. They're not a project. They're a human person. Treat them as such. Now a few things you do not want to do. Don't grow impatient. Don't let impatience with God's timing your own timing or the timing of the individual get in the way of you working on doing your best to love others and wait for the time in which you can invite them to accompany you to explore the faith again. 
Number two, never nag, rant, or be too critical. Their reasons for walking away may seem like they don't make much sense to you, and that may be true, because often their reasons for walking away are irrational. But the reasons people walk away don't need to make sense to you. So as much as you might be tempted to nag, especially if family members, complain about them to other people, argue, rant to them, or be overly critical of them, resist these temptations at all costs. They don't help. They have the opposite effect. They drive others further away. Number three, don't wait for them to come to you. You will need to close the distance here. Look at it this way. All of us desire friends who take the initiative, who invite us places, care for us, reach out to us. Well, it's the same here. Be that friend or family member to others, and God will work wonders through your relationship with them. Think of your relationship with them as a bridge, okay? It could be just a little footbridge. It could be a long, long bridge. You're the person. The bridge is the relationship, and that's the other person. And when we build those bridges to the other person in relationship, then Christ can walk his life from your life over that bridge of your relationship with them into them. And then something beautiful happens. Not only into them, but then that same relationship bridge, that person will walk him or herself into your life. And then you share with them everything else that Christ wants to offer to them in his church. Some final thoughts. This is evangelization. It isn't just preaching to the fallen away. It isn't just inviting them to come to Mass. It is accompanying them back to God. It is investing in them. They are worth it. It's listening to them, caring about them, loving them, being patient and trusting. And through their trust in you then, desiring what you are living and what you are offering them. This will lead to a change in your life and a change in the lives of your family and friends. Listen, we Catholics must break away out of this modern culture in order to capitalize on the potential that is now latent in the church in the United States. In other words, we have to reinvigorate the church with a hunger for Christ by the initial proclamation of the gospel or the basics of the gospel, the reintroduction to the gospel, and then intimate relationships with other people, a depth of our own interior life, and then growth in personal virtue meaning out of allowing Christ to grow more in us in an intimate relationship, it will affect our behavior, change it. We will take on a more virtuous behavior. And I don't know about you, but when I'm hanging around an honest person, 
a humble person, a person who's generous, that is deeply attractive to me. And so it will be for them when we acquire these virtues. Then we need to form others into intentional disciples by our evangelization, as just outlined. Furthermore, we then need to send them out into the world to repeat this cycle with the people that they know. The multiplication of disciples can and will change our culture, our individual lives, our marriages, our families, our children, our grandchildren, our parishes, our schools, and so on. Here at St. Francis de Sales, we want to help you evangelize the fallen away among your family and friends and the fallen away among people that you've known over the years from St. Francis de Sales who are no longer here. But we don't want to replace you or the calling that Jesus has upon your life today as his disciples and disciple makers. However, there, here, here is one among many ways that we want to help. We want to start a new ministry here called St. Francis Come Home. It will be a ministry from our already existing evangelization working group, which has started a lot of what we've been doing here in faith formation and evangelization. This is just another. The ministry is simple. In your pews are cards. Go ahead and look for those. Pass them around to people around you. If there's not enough, that's okay. They're in the bulletin. So just make sure you take a bulletin today because the same form with instructions is in that bulletin. Fill this out, giving us names of people you've known who have fallen away from the practice of the faith. I'm not talking about people who say to you, I'm a spiritual person, but then don't practice their spirituality in the way that God ordained. I, I, I'm talking to you about them, yes. The people who throw that, that excuse say, oh, I'm fine, Jesus and I have a relationship. Yes, give them a card also, right? So give them, actually you give us this card. So you fill out their name and their contact information. If you haven't now, of folks that have, you've known from the parish who you notice that have not been attending Mass or other spiritual growth opportunities here at St. Francis de Sales. Maybe some of these individuals are also family and friends who once attended St. Francis with you. Put the cards in the offertory basket or hand it to a, an evangelization working group member who will be at all the entrances at the end of Mass. We also, as I said, have the same information in our parish bulletin, and on Thursday we'll send it as a flock note to you with instructions on how to get names and contact information for us for those who are not practicing their faith. Then we will send a note to the persons you give us, just letting them know that they are missed, and what can we do to help them? That's it. That's where we'll start. We will put information also on our St. Francis website about this St. Francis Come Home Ministry. So it'll be there permanently. So this is just not a one-off on a Sunday, on Divine Mercy Sunday, when I'm speaking to you, and next week you, you drop off some names, and then you feel good about yourself, and you never again approach another person. Right? No, this will be on our parish website, so you can always get that information and always continue in the years to come, give us people, while you're following that plan that I've just outlined for you. And if you can't remember all of those things, the great thing about technology today is this being live streamed, you can go and watch it all and take notes, right? Right? 
I pray that we all understand clearly that as the Father has sent Jesus, so Jesus sends us to rescue the fallen, the fallen away.